0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Early Late Nights. Here is your host, the level 82 host of the Explosion Network, Kieran Marchand. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Welcome. It is Bloody Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to another week here on the world and here in the community of gaming. Welcome to Early Late Nights. As the beautiful man said, I am Kieran Marchant, your host, For the next half an hour, I hope you are sitting comfortably, and I hope you're looking forward to a great week. I hope your week started well. Uh, I hope we're going to get better. I hope things are going to keep getting up. I hope you've not done yourself a mischief, because don't do yourself a mischief. Mischief is not always a good thing to do, if you ask me. Now, please, this is the Gaming and Esports news show of the Explosion Network, where we're once again, going to be jumping in, diving into the latest esports and gaming news. Um, I don't know if you saw it, QuakeCon was over the weekend at the end of last week. Uh, we had uh, a whole variety of things. Had a whole variety of bits and pieces. We had Doom Eternal uh, released. If you want to hear us talk more about Doom Eternal, um, more about Doom itself as a franchise, please check out Platinum Explosion, which came out this this afternoon, uh, as I made my return to the podcast. We break that down, we go through that all, so I won't waste your time here. Go go check that out. It's a pretty fantastic show. But once again, we had more Quake Champions. That's that fucking esports beta that's gonna be in the scene for the next 20 years, apparently, even though it's been in beta this entire time. But hey, who who really knows? Who knows at all? Um <laughs> We've also been getting uh, up and coming this week is the group stages of the International 2018 for Dota 2. So get behind that, get behind your teams. Check out um, all the stream schedules on the Dota the International Twitch channel, as well as Overwatch World Cup group stages starts this weekend with the Korean group stages. It's going to be good. Korea- South Korea is going to get through. Um, we'll see what other team managers to squeeze through with them. Um, I- I'm pretty sure I- we can lock that in. That's. That's pretty simple and straightforward to think about. Uh, And also, I hope you've not been playing games all day. Well, maybe you have. I hope you've got some rest in. World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth came out today, and at 10 o'clock tonight you will get access to Walking Dead Season 4, Clementine's final season. And I hope you have fun with that. I hope that is a fantastic experience just for you. But... That's what we're here for. We're here to talk about some great news. I've got the latest news on Fallout 76 from QuakeCon. We've got... uh going to have a bit of a chat about the Walking Dead trophies for Season 4. I'm going to be getting the hype up for what inspires you in d and and when you're creating characters or writing or creating anything for your games, as well as the tidbit of the show. We're going to be discussing Ninja. We're going to be talking about Ninja and some recent drama that's been happening around his stream that we are sure to get you know get deep into there's probably going to be some different opinions based on mine but we're going to i'm going to have my say as i do on this fantastic show let's jump right in let's go what we've got to do what we've got to talk about fallout 76 this game has burst onto the scene it burst out a little bit before e3 because it was spoiled we had this whole bunch of excitement there's todd howard came out and did a whole big speech on it and the, during the bethesda show And, you know, we're in a good place. We're in a very good position for this game. So it was fantastic to see there was a panel at QuakeCon uh, featuring Todd Howard himself, Chris Mayer, and Jeff Gardner, who are all uh, working members on the Fallout 76 game. Um, They had a lot of interesting things to talk about. And I think it cleared up a couple questions that people had about the game, about playing the game. Um, And I'm quite... I'm excited to see what exactly happens. Um, But... It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Um, They discussed PvP, and I talked about PvP last week when I did my hype piece for Fallout 76. Um, It was very interesting to see the the take they're having on it. So pretty much, you're going to be in the same world, well, the same server as other players. PvP will be kicked off if you shoot at another player. You'll only do, uh, I think, something like 25% damage to that player... But if the other player chooses to fire back, both weapons will then be given full damage uh, and you'll be able to fight it out and juke it out. But if you do not fire back, it does not engage full PvP mode, the other player can continue to shoot at you until until they kill you. Um, But, they become a uh, wanted, like a murderer, they become like a a wanted person, and on the server they start, they get marked down, everybody can see them on the minimap, and there is a big reward for anybody who wants to go and kill them, which is fantastic. Todd Howard went on to continue about the PvP, saying how the balancing works, you don't drop your loot when you die, you drop something called junk, which is the resource you use to build your bases, so... If you want to go grab the junk that you've dropped, maybe the other person's left it, it's up to you really to go do that. But, we all know about PvP camping nowadays thanks to World of Warcraft. But, I'm interested, this PvP system is a new thing, I haven't seen any other games really try and do this where it's only, you know, percentage damage by the first one attacking. Makes it interested. if it's percentage damage by the person if they shoot back, or if the person shooting back has a higher advantage because they have more damage. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I like it. I think we it, it could have a bit more tweak. I, I, I like the idea of having PvP, server PvE. You can completely opt out of the PvP, though. Um, as Todd mentioned, you can totally say, no, I don't want anything to do that. But I think, you know, that could just be a server setting, honestly. Or if you're setting up, you know, it does have private server functions and mods uh, functions available. Those were settings you could make on those private servers. They haven't mentioned exactly what uh, restrictions are going to be on private servers. I hope not none. Um, but hey, we'll wait and see what they try and do to get you in the public realms. They also talked about leveling. Leveling um, has had a pretty much a big rehaul, a big rework, since what we know of in um, the normal Fallout games. You know, the normal Fallout games you get... Points to go towards your perks. Um, You you go you level up your you know your strength, your charisma. You do your stats, and then you can pick perks based off that and level up perks. So this time um, you actually you get to level up and you get like a special like spec pack, and you you know you level up. You get to put your points in your special, and then you start getting your perks. And the perks are completely interchangeable. They're not locked in. You can swap and change perks at any time on the fly. This means there's going to be a lot more specialization and specking throughout the entire game. If you're going to be more aggressive, you're going to be getting into PvP, or you're going to be fighting mobs, you will then be able to put in your damage-dealing perks. You choose, hey, I need to go pick up and scavenge some more scrap for my building, put in some scavenging perks. Are you going to be building? Maybe there's some building perks. Maybe you're going to be talking with an NPC, even though they say there's no NPCs. You're going to be putting in uh, bits and pieces. So, I'm super excited to see where this goes and how this leads. I think it's a really good way. Putting this out there straight away. Hey, don't worry about it. These aren't going to be purchasable. There's going to be no microtransactions. Don't worry about it. I already somebody saw somebody who had a misconception online saying, oh, this is how they get microtransactions into the game. That's not the case at all. They're not going to be... You're not going to be able to buy these packs. You're not going to be able to... Um, you know, purchase them to boost your character. The only way you're gonna get the packs is by leveling up and getting the different perk packs. So the game looks like it's gonna have a level cap of level 50, but you can continue leveling beyond that um to get more perk packs. A lot like in WoW when you level up and you get advantages, even though your level number doesn't change, you still fill up the XP bar. It's pretty straightforward nowadays for any kind of MMO or leveling type system for a multiplayer game. Um, Mutations can happen at random. So, based on the amount of radiation you are being affected by, um, or the situation that you're in, your character can undergo different mutations. One of the mutations they spoke about in the panel was that you uh, could get the... It was like a a bird-related mutation where your character would get the ability to jump higher, but you would lose strength you'd get a point deducted off your strength stat. So, mutations could be super interesting. It'll be interesting to um, see how that affects the characters, how that changes how you make your builds, can you get them fixed? I hope so, because there's probably some really shitty mutations out there that you don't want. Dylan in the chat said, brought up the mutant sloths that we saw in the E3 demo. Uh, Fuck that noise. It did look scary as fuck, but, you know, we'll take it on together as friends. And it brings up an interesting point um, with Fallout 76 about Bethesda and crossplay. Bethesda is a a company that is already pushing the envelope. We spoke about this on Platinum Explosion. Pushing the envelope, trying to pressure Sony into putting crossplay in the game. And I really hope this push, or I really hope that Sony really thinks about this, even though it's just with the card game, but hey, what are you going to do about it? We don't know. But, I hope so, because at the minute I'm facing the decision, as most people probably are, of do you play this game on console, do you play this game on PC? I'm probably going to buy it twice. But, hey, I, I, I never know. You don't know. But, I'll probably end up buying on PlayStation so we can hang out in the Explosion Network, bring you great streams, great contests. But, yeah, 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 we'll find out. What are your feelings about Fallout 76? Please let me know in the chat or in the comments. Um, because I'm super excited for the game. It looks fantastic. I was really glad to see the news come out of QuakeCon about this. So, we'll we'll get more and more of this as we get closer to its release date. But let's move on. So, I love D&D and I haven't had much to talk about. I've missed D&D this week. Um, we didn't run a session due to other commitments by the players. Which led to me being on Platinum Explosion. Which was, you know, it was a win-win kind of situation there. But, what I want to talk about is... Inspiration. As a DM, I draw my inspiration quite a bit to get um, my world started, to influence characters, to to give me ideas on how to build a story. And I want to talk about what inspires you. Like, what 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 do you look to for inspiration when you're building your world, when you're building the game? Because I look at a couple different places. My inspirations come from, as it shows in the picture for audio listeners, Lord of the Rings. I'm a massive Tolkien fan. I really enjoy his writing style. And what got me started on this was an article on Kotaku about George R.R. Martin. How he had recently said in an interview that the reason that he is so comfortable killing off characters now was that when he was a boy and read Lord of the Rings for the first time, the death of Gandalf, spoilers, you've had time. You've had time, people. I'm not, no, that that doesn't count anymore, it's not a spoiler. The death of Gandalf in the early stages of the book um, rattled him as a kid that he couldn't believe that this powerful character could die and then, you know, from that moment on it got tense, anything was on the line, and that influenced him. That changed the way he wrote things in the future and that led us to the bloodbath that is Game of Thrones where any character could die at any given moment. But that is how one thing influences but you can draw off lots of things so i draw off the Aragon book series the inheritance cycle we've got um critical role the dnd uh, gaming i've got skyrim i've got all of the other scrolls games but and what i love is the fact that i've i play these and it kind of just stores it all the way in the back of my head to kind of be like this was really awesome i fucking love this section this character awesome this guild really cool this group of people this character trait this city setting everything about those characters builds in me and assists me with making a game and making a world for D&D and that's what's currently happening for Thelden I've drawn off these different settings to build my own setting and craft what I want in a world and I think it's absolute I really love it and I really I, I hope to ask you to Use your inspirations to build things. Your games and your designs, your passion. Even if you're designing a video game, use your inspirations to draw from. Use them. It's okay. But don't go too far. What I say is a game I played recently. The DM built his own world. Built Well, not his own world. He used the setting of the Forgotten Realms. But, he... Thanks, Dylan. Dylan said he's inspired by me. Thanks, bud. Um, But... (laughs) He really loved a book series, so he took elements from the book, and then all of a sudden, characters from that book started appearing. Changed a little bit, renamed maybe, but pretty much the same. The plot points of the book were brought into it. And then it just... You can use elements of it, use sections and sacrifices and pieces from it, but don't copy it. Don't bring it into, don't rehash it. Because the only thing, one thing happened, we brought a new character, a new player in, new player sat down and went, wait a minute, I know some of these characters. Like, what the, what the hell is going on? And it was, explain, oh, Steve, you know, this, this character, he, this player is drawing from, drawing from this book he loves. And he's, oh, I've read that book. I've read all the whole series. I love them. And it's like, you instantly have a problem with, you know, players knowing too much. You have problems with, are we talking about plagiarism? Not directly, but good point there, Dylan. Good point, not directly. Don't plagiarize. Use inspiration in your work. You, you know, take pieces. Look at, fuck, I, I love Frodo. No, I don't love Frodo, fuck. Fuck Frodo. Right, don't even get me started on Frodo and Samwise. Fucking don't. But, Aragorn. Take Aragorn. What do we love about Aragorn? Let's take those traits. Bop and let's put them over here in our new character. And we twist it and we change it, you know, and we form our own little character out of it. But you use that inspiration. Don't go too far. Don't do what a lot of fans are doing, sadly, for Critical Role, which is, I saw Critical Role and they did this on the show. We're gonna do this in my game now. (laughs) And it's just, you don't want, you don't want the whole game to become an in-joke. You're wanting your players to feel like this is their story. This is their tale, not just a ripoff of somebody else's. What are your inspirations? Let me know in the chat. Let me know on the social medias! Because, you know, it's pretty fantastic. It is a pretty great place to look for inspiration. Look for inspiration in inspiration, people! Holy crap! That's where we're up to in life. Let's move on to the third topic. Nice and quickly, because we we touched on this yesterday in Platinum Explosion, um, but The Walking Dead Season 4, it's out tonight, 10 o'clock, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Grab it. I believe Dylan's going to be streaming it. You might have missed the stream if you're watching it later on the YouTubes or the audio version, but that's fine. That's completely fine Areno. But what we do have... Is a new trophy list that's come out for the game and unlike if you've ever played or got the trophies or achievements or the steam achieves for this game for any you know walking dead game any telltale game nine times out of ten it is finished chapter one finish chapter two Chinese chapter three and it's instant it's an instant platinum it's an instant a thousand achievement game as well you really you know they're so easy and simple But this time around, they've gone, Telltale have gone, they've put in collectibles, they've put in missable trophies, they've uh, done it. And we talked about this a little bit, but the interesting thing was, I was like, this is awesome, this is really cool, I'm glad, and I think we were all pretty positive on Explosion Network, you know, this is really good. (laughs) Ashley's just said trophy talk on ELN, yes. Um, this is really good. This is positive. There's a change. And then I looked on Twitter today, and there's people bitching. There's so many people whinging about this trophy guide, saying, oh, this is a crap trophy guide. There's missable trophies. There's there's collectibles. And then there's these... Uh, these there's no chapter select for the game. It's like... I'm just... I'm confused okay i understand chapter select could make going back for the missile trophies a pain in the butt you might need to play the game through twice maybe play through once. and <laughs> a bad dylan impression i was not going for dylan then i would have said the word yolo a little bit there as trying to describe a color but we've got bits and pieces coming together here and I really like it. I like that there's collectibles. Yes, I don't like the idea that, you know, as we discussed yesterday, I don't like that it might mean replaying the game. Maybe I'd have to wait for it to do it if I decide to do this trophy go- list, because go back in the future. Go go back. Give, it, give me six months, and then I'll go back and play. Because I'm going to be really sad at the end of this game if what happens happens. Or what could happen. If I lose Clementine, shit's going down, people. But... For now, we're at this point. People need to decide what the F they want. What do you want from a trophy guide? Do you want an easy platinum? Do you want hard? I understand that, sure, Chapter Select could make it simpler to go back for trophies, but that's not what Telltale's building the game for. They're not building the game, so you can go and get the trophies super easily. That's a secondary. The first and primary factor of this game is to tell a story. Ta-da! We're telling a story. We're trying to give you closure on Clementine's story, no matter how that comes. You know, we're trying to build that in and incorporate that in, you know, in the mode. And Life is Strange has the photo mode, so you can go back and grab the photos from the section of the game that you missed. Cool. Awesome. But... What I'm saying is that don't treat this game and it, for its trophy list. A. Celebrate its trophy list that they're trying to do something with the list for once. B. Play the game first because you love the game. Or play the game because you want to play the story. Do that. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the story. Say goodbye to, to Clementine. My poor Clementine. <sighs> Say goodbye to her. Take the time. You know, maybe by the end of episode 5, Telltale goes back and puts in a chapter select. I can't imagine it's that hard. But play the game. Play the story. Have some fun. Well, don't have some fun. Probably cry a lot of tears. I know. I know I will. <sighs> now, let's get to a serious part of the show. I've got a serious tidbit. I know we get the serious shit out of the way, but this one's kind of big. I'm like, ah, uh, that's fine. Tip bit of the show. Um, I'm going to be talking about Ninja. Ninja is one of the biggest tw- tw- streamers in the world, if not the biggest. He has broke records. He has had rappers on his stream. He likes to play the Fortnite and build the buildings with the wood and the foot. But he's recently been in the news for the drama. The twin, twinternet. Do I turn off now? <laughs> no, you do not turn off now, Dylan. Um, you do not. Well, maybe you do. Because my. I, I'm not. I don't know how I take this, and Dylan watching can yell at me for all he wants. But, so, um, Ninja has been brought out and said that he's recently said he doesn't stream with female gamers because of the. The kind of. The swirling nature of the internet where rumors begin and people won't stop talking, and he's a married man. And this has caused quite a lot of backlash on the internet for people from multiple different sources. There is an article on Kotaku um, by Nathan, I can't remember his surname, but I will post the link of the article at the bottom and in the chat, um, responding to this about why ninjas should play with female gamers. But what I think is, the problem here isn't the sexist nature of the comment. I don't think the problem. I don't think Ninja meant to, you know. I don't think Ninja meant to to say it in a way that he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to play um, stream games with female streamers because they're female, not just because of that, not because of that at all. Really, it's more the toxic internet environment that we are. <laughs> it's the toxic internet environment that we're all a part of not you don't you might not interact with it you might not um push your, your toxicity into it maybe you do i don't really know but it's the world we live in there's been a lot of twitter outrage lately a lot of things where you know one thing is said and the whole world goes fucking nuts goes fucking nuts for like four days about this one topic until it moves on to the next shit to be outraged about. And it really frustrates me. And I feel like Ninja has his right to maintain his personal life. He has a right to protect his family and his friends. And he has the right to, to do what he needs to. To maintain a healthy stream and private life balance. Just because he's an inf- like a giant streamer doesn't mean everybody has the right to impact and take away the control from his private life the the article talks in kataki talks about how ninja should be using this as an opportunity to change the perspective to change how guys look at this and how you know the male dominated community of twitch um should change how female gamers are perceived in it but my problem is is that the article puts this a largely on Ninja, saying Ninja, Ninja's such an influence. He's such an influential member of the gaming community. He has so many followers, and so many fans. He should he should do a lot. And you know, Ninja should work towards work towards a place where he can have a female gamer on the stream and there's no rumors and no nothing that could mentally or psychologically affect his wife. But Again, this is one guy. Doesn't matter how influential you are. Doesn't matter how many fans you have. One guy cannot change the whole internet culture. It's as simple as that, really. No matter what he does, his influence isn't going to change that. Nato, thank you. Apparently I'm an influential member of the community in his heart. And, and I appreciate that, NATO. But this change or him changing anything isn't gonna make a big difference. Because it, it, this culture spans beyond the Twitter, the beyond the, the gaming and the twitches. This goes beyond that. This is just how you know human society is. We're outraged. We get on bandwagons, we take sides, we start these bullshit rumors, people do crazy fucking shit. I'm swearing a lot i'm sorry but it isn't up to ninja to change it he can make a difference and he can work towards that but it's not just up to him it's up to everybody to be a part of that and it's really sad it's really sad to to see that such an influential and popular person has to make these choices to for the betterment of his family and his private life and his friends and I don't think anybody should be angry with Ninja for looking after his private life. His family and his friends. Because that those should always come first. Nine times out of ten in life. Maybe the one time is your family and your friend is trying to murder you. Don't put them first then. Murder's bad. <sighs> but what we should be doing is using this as a reason to go to for the human human society, the humanity of the world, to take a look at ourselves and, and to see how we impact on this, this trend. What can we do? Maybe don't answer that tweet that pisses you off and triggers you. Maybe don't post something that could be seen as trolling. Maybe maybe spread a little love, a bit of happiness, a bit of smiley faces. Bit of, bit of good goodwill. Always goes a long way. Keep that in mind the next time you get to post something on the Twitter, on the Facebooks, or on wherever you tend to lurk, including Reddit. Reddit is just a black pit of despair sometimes. And that's, that's not on. But thanks to the mods there for trying their best. This has been episode... 42! With that applause... Episode forty-two of the Early Late Nights podcast. With me, your host Kira Marchant. Thank you very much for joining me. Normally, this show is on six thirty PM every a Tuesday and every Friday, right here on the Explosion Network, Twitch.tv/slash Explosion Network. Uh, but this Friday, there won't be a show, sadly. I am out of action for social reasons i'm gonna say uh and none of the other members are available from the explosion network so i'll be back next week next tuesday we're gonna have a lot to catch up on if you want to catch the show you've come halfway through you you want to get the rest of it then please make sure you follow us on our social medias at explosion pod or on Facebook at Explosion Net, or just Explosion Network on Facebook. Join our Discord. The link's down below on our Twitch channel, or on all of our social medias. And uh, if you missed the show, go to youtubecom slash Network at uh, 7 p.m. on tomorrow, on the Wednesday, and normally 7 p.m. on Saturday, uh, where the show goes up as a VOD, as a whole VOD, whole y do. You get to watch it back, or if you want to just listen to my sweet sweet voice through your ears, uh, go check out all good podcasting services cuz this will show up there. Thank you very much for joining me. Remember, if you're a streamer and you want to stream World of Warcraft this weekend because you're so pumped, look after yourself. It's it's going to be a fun expansion, but you know, nobody has not everybody has to do 24-hour streams. You don't have to push yourself over the limit. Take naps. Do smaller streams. Do more streams, but shorter. Just do, like, you know, maybe a couple six-hour streams throughout the day. And take two-hour blocks in between, or whatever. Get some sleep. Look after yourself. The sun's a good thing. I hate the sun sometimes, but the sun is a good thing. Get some sunlight. Get some fresh air. Speak to your friends. Anywho, thank you very much for joining me. I'll see you once again at some point, maybe during the week or next week. Wherever I turn up, I turn up in weird places, but thank you very much. Have a good night. Explosion Network's premier media podcast, What Do You Want to Watch?, is a fortnightly show hosted by Ashley Hobley that covers the biggest stories in movies, TV, online media, and more, before asking, what do we end up watching? Each episode, we discuss one particular movie or show that you can join in the discussion with by tweeting us, emailing, or posting on our Discord. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or other podcasting services, or find the show at explosionnetwork.com.